You know, most problems in healthcare are fixed already. Primary care is already cured on the fringes. Reversing burnout, physician shortages, bad business models, forced buyouts, factory medicine, high deductible insurance that squeezes the docs and is totally inaccessible to most of the employees. The big squeeze is always on for docs. It's the acceleration of cost and the deceleration of reimbursements. I want you to meet those on this show that are making a difference with host Ron Barshop, CEO of Beacon Clinics. That's me. How would you feel if you discovered buried treasure of a trillion dollars and nobody wanted it? Well, that's the exact story of today's guests. And here's how I found them. Two years ago, I'm at an allergy conference in Orlando, Florida, and I was struck by a free magazine in my room with the owner on its cover. And my first reaction, you might think, is the same you might have. Who is this Harris Rosen guy anyway? And frankly, this guy was painted as like the Mother Teresa of hotels when it comes to employees. And then I Googled him, and then I started looking at TED Talks, and this guy named Dave Chase popped into my screen and started talking effusively about Rosen Hotels. And that really had my attention now. And the more I started learning, the more I started getting excited, and the more I started getting excited, the more people I started talking to, including employees of the hotel. And what I learned shocked me because my family started a hotel business called La Quinta Motor Inns, and turnover in that industry is 74%. And Rosen Hotel's turnover was dramatically less, and every employee I talked to would never imagine leaving that company. So it's pretty rare that you find such a highly regarded company by the people within. So do you know why the employees love that company? Because they feel safe with their care. Today, I'm introducing you to Ashley Baco, president of Proventure. He's with Rosencare, better known as Rosen Hotels and Resorts. It's the company. And Ashley has played an integral role in helping Rosen Hotels and Resorts develop a benefits package that is so far superior to their competition and such a fraction of the cost that they offered to give it away and people were scared to take it. We're going to talk about that today. But let me give you some numbers. Um, the company has saved $315 million on their health benefits since its inception in the early 90s and could reduce the nation's health care costs by a trillion dollars annually if implemented on a wide scale. That's the trillion dollars of hidden treasure. 67% is the workers' comp reduction. We're talking about a lot of money. We're going to get to that. And the turnover is way below 74%, which is what the Bureau of Labor Statistics tells us the hotel industry has. So just those three facts alone gives Rosen Hotels a secret weapon, actually a second secret weapon and a third secret weapon that allows them to literally not even compete in the same universe as the other hotels in the industry. So what if every employer self-funding gave their healthcare costs $5,000 shave on a $15,000 cost? Well, if you have 5,700 employees like Rosen Hotels, that's like adding $25, $28 million to the bottom line, which means you've got to sell a whole lot of hotel rooms to bring, bring that to the bottom line. And if you do the math, it's almost a no-brainer. Ashley understands the ROI of an on-site employee clinic better than anybody in the country, and he's a very highly regarded speaker at places like the World, Health, World Healthcare Congress and World Research Group Conferences, among others. I also want to introduce you to Kenneth Aldridge, who has served at Rosen Hotels and Resorts since 1998 at the Rosen Medical Center, 
not only providing patient care as a nurse, but also now he's the director of health services overall for the company and implements and is responsible for various programs for all of the 5,700 covered lives of Rosen. And he has what most of us would equivocate as a CEO level duty because he's running a 12,000 square foot medical center and a place for healing and wellness. So I want to welcome you both to the show. Can't tell you how excited I am. Glad to be Thank here. You. Thank you. It's an honor. Did I hit those numbers right? Actually, I think that the uh, savings has actually reached over $400 million. Is that correct, Ashley? It, it it has, and the uh, the the turnover absolutely is is well below the uh, the seventies that you you had mentioned. Um, we are at about fourteen percent turnover. And also uh, the number of covered lives we have a little over six thousand covered lives on our health health plan now. Well, and, and again, if you do the math on six thousand covered lives and that kind of turnover, your costs of running a hotel are dramatically less because your training is down, your recruiting is down. But you've done something else remarkable is with that $400 million in savings, Mr. Rosen has done a brilliant thing. Tell us what he did with the neighborhood that brought crime down to essentially zero and gangs down to zero. Yeah, it's, it's um, you know, it's absolutely phenomenal what, what, what he has done over the years. Um, uh, 20, I want to say roughly 25 years ago, he adopted an underserved community um, in our uh, geographic region. And uh, his thought was, if I can give these folks hope, they can kind of dig out of the mess that they're in socioeconomically and, and, and from a crime standpoint, that sort of thing. So the neighborhood, uh, the name of the neighborhood is Tangelo Park. And uh, every two, three, and four-year-old in Tangelo Park, Mr. Rosen pays for their, uh, their childcare. And uh, he also gives, uh, you know, parenting lessons uh, so that parents can read to their children. We have tutors that read to those children. And so many of them start, um, most of them start kindergarten reading better than my kids ever did and, and folks at a, at a much higher socioeconomic level. And then the, the next part of, of, of the um, the uh, program is as soon as these children graduate from high school, um, Mr. Rosen pays for their uh, full uh, education, not only tuition books, but but just every, you know, the full the full ride. And what we've seen over the years is crime has come down dramatically. Graduation rates are almost 100 um, percent. And then those who go to college are graduating at a very high rate. So um, he has since adopted another neighborhood that's three times that big, and his hope is that that employers across the country can do the same thing with their healthcare savings. They can they can not only fix healthcare, but they can fix education and change the face of America one underserved community at a time. So the numbers are for the poor, underserved communities, the, the bottom decile, maybe 20 to 25 percent are going to make it into a college or type, some type of community college. And you're telling me you're at 100 percent. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know the exact numbers, but I believe that high school graduation is almost 100 percent now. And that college education, the ones who graduate high school and go to college, I want to say is maybe at 75 percent. Does that sound right, Kenneth? 
That sounds about right. The the ROI on it, when it was done several years back, for every dollar that Mr. Rosen invests in an underserved community, uh, society gets $7 back. Because think about it, no longer do you have crime, which was a negative ROI, you know, people going into prison and, and, and you know, us paying for, for their stay in the prison, that's a negative ROI. And, and now they go to graduating from high school. And when one graduates from high school, I believe the number is around, they make 500,000 more over their lifetime than, than someone who has not. And then those who go to college, I believe, make $1 million more over their lifetime than if someone had not gone to college. You know, the beautiful part of this story, you guys, is that we don't have any lobby that was needed, no regulations created, no politician promises. There was no required march, no banners, no torches, no pitchforks. This is a movement that happened from a market-based solution, and what a market-based solution it is. Now, the unintended consequence of this action, just this simple action, has actually expanded into the school district in a wonderful way. Can you tell that story of what's now happening with the school district employees? Yes, Kenneth, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so what Mr. Rosen has created from the Rosen Care standpoint, an on-site medical center, and then also a lot of the initiatives, the cost contain- containment initiatives, he has offered to the school district of Osceola County. And the school district um, has accepted us into their uh, into their arms to run their on-site facility that they currently have, and we're setting it up very similarly to uh, the medical center that we currently have, with a lot of the various services within the facility, but really focused on um, not a, not focusing on acute care and you know occupational medicine per se, but moving it, shifting it to a population health primary care and preventative medicine standpoint. You know, this district has over 10,000 covered lives and anything that we can do to uh, prevent illness or to control a chronic care condition, such as either diabetes or hypertension or high cholesterol or asthma, the better it's going to be from the bottom line for the school district. About 75 to 85% of healthcare spend is going to be spent on those chronic care conditions. I know that we all know that some of that is going to be lifestyle driven, yes, but we also have to take a look at it from an accessibility standpoint. Now, unfortunately, healthcare has gotten to a point that we're shifting, we're doing cost shifting, we're shifting more of the cost of healthcare back to the employee. Well, those employees cannot afford healthcare with high deductible plans or high coinsurances or high premiums or even high co-pays. And so all of those barriers to the access of care only delays care. So it's about, I've seen numbers, you know, 22 to 35% of Americans are delaying care. And you hear that on the streets and you see it where people will say, I can't afford that insulin because it's gonna cost me a $100 deductible. I can't afford to go get that Uh, screening CT scan for something that they're concerned about because I can't afford the three or four hundred dollars. Well, you know, our team is bringing in solutions so we can focus on the access, the quality, the service, the cost and innovation so we can take a look at and lower the barriers to care so that we can give those individuals the tools that they need to optimize their health care. Let's get that diabetes under control where the national average is, what, 15 
you know, thirteen to fifteen thousand dollars per diabetic. Well, why is that? You see it in the newspaper all the time where people can't afford that seven hundred dollar or five hundred or seven hundred dollar insulin. So those type of programs are the same kind of programs that we're bringing over here to the school district to again give the accessibility to, to those members. What woke me up is the fifty six percent number that make under twenty dollars an hour in America. So most of those Americans do not have a thousand dollars in the bank. And when you're looking at a $4,500 family deductible, which is the average today, it's, it's as if you don't even have insurance. I mean, you, you don't have the money for the copay. You don't have the money for the deductible for sure. And you're putting these premiums out kind of in this netherworld because you'll very, very rarely tap into that catastrophic situation. But here, let me ask you this question. There's been another unintended consequence for the school district turning around, the neighborhood turning around is you don't have any trouble finding employees now for that 13% turnover, do you? So you're talking about for Rosen Hotels standpoint? Yeah, Rosen Hotels has a giant labor pool all of a sudden from the neighborhood wanting to work there. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the fun part is, um, is that we have generations of families that are coming to work for us now. I, I, I'm, I know of a family that are four generations deep working for Rosen Hotels because of the various programs and you know, college and those kind of benefits that Rosen Hotels offers. And Ron, I just wanted to, to, to once again just comment on, you know, the, the out-of-pocket for our associates is, is very minimal compared to others as far as the weekly deduction that they uh, pay for their, their, for their uh, premiums. Our, uh, our benefit is extremely rich, so there's no deductibles zero, um, no coinsurance, 90% of our drugs are for free. And at the same time, our costs, so much richer benefit, and our costs are, you know, 40 to 50% less than our identical demographic would experience in the conventional healthcare setting. Wow. So we're talking about a lot more than 28 million that I presented a bit earlier. I said that if you say 5000 on a $15,000 cost, that would be Roughly twenty-eight million for fifty-seven hundred, but you actually have six thousand. So, without it's hard on a show to get into numbers, but you have a lot higher uh, bottom line than thirty million dollars. Um, so that's a lot of hotel rooms you don't have to go sell because of that new spend you found, uh, savings you found in your healthcare spend, and it's not that new for y'all. Um, so you've got hardly any turnover compared to the industry. One fifth of the turnover of the industry. You have a greater bottom line in return because you now have a healthcare division that focuses on bringing that cost down. You have employees that probably have less absenteeism because you have a healthier employee. Have y'all done those numbers? No, we haven't uh, delved into either absenteeism or presenteeism, but that is something that uh, intuitively we know is improved, yet uh, maybe in the future that would be something that we will measure. Yeah, with all of these amazing numbers and statistics, and by the way, with your workers' comp being down, what kind of dollars are we talking about for workers' comp savings of your EMOD being so low compared to what it should be in the hotel industry? Yeah, our our cost, we, we save uh, roughly uh, about a million dollars a year. So our cost would be a little bit more than double what they are now uh, if it were not for the uh, workers' comp experience mod being so incredibly low. Okay. And that has something to do with access to chiropractic care at the clinic has something to do with access to getting immediate help when you're not feeling right. Um, so, you know, if you do have some type of an injury as your, your housekeeping and your back goes out or something, 
you get carpal tunnel and you're working in the offices, you have an immediate spot to go to and it doesn't cost you time. You pay for that employee when they go visit the clinic. Is that right? That's correct. And we also we we also have our um, our physical therapists are able to go out to the properties and uh, really show folks ergonomically the best way to make a bed. If you're if you're vacuuming and you're making you know a lot of beds every day, um, you know leaning over, bending, um, it's so important that you do it correctly. And so um, you know those are some other areas where where we're improving the, the the health and the savings. And Ron, it's also important to know that, uh, you know, one of the other benefits that Frozen Hotels offers um, from an accessibility standpoint is if you don't have transportation to get to the medical center from one of the properties, uh, Mr. Rosen will provide transportation from the property to the medical center while you're still on the clock. But the medical center is right in the heart of your campus, isn't it? It's, uh, I mean, there's, yes, it is in the middle of uh, all of our hotels, correct, the area. Okay. I call it your ranch. <laughs> well, so, so that's a very helpful thing. Now, if I'm Marriott or I'm Starwood or I'm Hilton, and I'm going to say to myself, yeah, but these guys have such a nice central concentration. The, this model works for them. This isn't going to work for us. How do you disavow them of that? Well, I, I, I think one way of doing it, uh, again, this entire landscape uh, with all these disruptive um, solutions um, is, is just kind of a fledgling right now. Um, but, but one thing that is occurring out there is, is direct primary care doctors. You know, a doc, for example, who already has bricks and mortar somewhere and is uh, exhausted and so disappointed with the current way he or she has to practice when in dealing with all the all the barriers in the healthcare uh, market they are becoming direct primary care docs and so the employer that's a marriott or or, or some employer that has uh, employees and members spread out all over the country can tap into these little markets, these little um, networks, I should say, of direct primary care docs and get many of the same tools that we're able to provide out of out of the medical center. Perhaps, perhaps not completely as comprehensive, but um, a, a huge step in the right direction. So in the trajectory of your story, you have uh, offered initially to give this great, uh, let's call it this, these three secret weapons. You've offered to give this away for free. And what happened when you went out and offered to give this away for free? Well, we, we, we don't know exactly. Uh, we, we, uh, we have had folks come um, to our uh, medical center to take a tour, large employers from all over the country. And we, we give them all the secret sauce and um, it is our um, it is our belief that that most, if if not all, are not really doing anything with it. I think they they are intrigued by it, but um, they tend to uh, maybe go back to their home state, to their home office, um, and and just kind of continue on with the status quo, or if they do something, they might um, hire an on-site clinic 
company. There are on-site clinic companies all around the, the country, some better than others. Um, and they think they are getting what we're um, doing at Rosen Care because, you know, they have an on-site clinic. We have an on-site clinic. But, uh, you know, I tell people when you when you drive by our on-site clinic, the Rosen Care Clinic at 35 miles an hour, it looks and, and just seems like, you know, any other on-site clinic out there. But, but when you really um, as a, as a as a plan member as a plan participant really get a good feel for it and taste it and 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 um you know it it it's a totally different um model than than most out there oh so let, let's describe Ken the services that y'all have on site what are you offering currently so we <clears throat> so within the facility we have on site x-ray uh, and again no charge for that on-site ultrasound, so we can do echoes and transvaginals and renal ultrasounds. Because remember, um, in healthcare, you know, patients are going to see their primary care doctor, and they're jumped, they're jumping to other facilities, so they're gone for about two to four hours on average. Uh, we also offer within the facility full physical therapy. We have an on-site uh, gym uh, accessible to all of the uh, members, so that they can come and exercise in the morning. We have on-site pharmacy. We have a chiropractor. We have, what is it, uh, five MDs, uh, I think three nurse pracs, two PAs, and we have a podiatrist. We also have a dietitian, full lab. So we have all the services all under one roof. So you can go in, see your doctor. Doctor says, you know what, I, uh, for this back pain, I'm going to have you see physical therapy and chiropractor. And they can all have a communication within the facility for that one patient and work as an integrated health system for that member. How does that support somebody who has, say, pre-diabetes or pre-hypertension and they're about to fall into a high-risk category because of their weight or because of their uh, exercise habits? How, how do we know that you're moving the dial on that? Yeah, so we've got, um, we have programs. We do have an incentive program under Rosen Hotels and Resorts. Uh, which is looking at uh, health risk assessment and then your lifestyle and looking at ways to move that needle associated to that. We have an on-site dietitian to help with weight loss. We also have a lifestyle management program uh, for individuals to help with you know, weight loss or prediabetes or insulin resistance, whatever that might be. And then we also have a comprehensive you know, um, a mental health program within Rosen Hotels and Resorts for mental health issues, which can lead to um, obesity and those type of things. Within our program too, <clears throat> we do have those with uh, comorbidities, comorbidities that as they've tried and attempted and tried and attempted various of our programs, at a certain point, we will uh, work together with that member to determine if uh, bariatric surgery is some is an option for them, but we have uh, really strict guidelines and um, programs to use prior to getting that to that point. But we have that in our toolbox if we need. As you know, there's, you know, if somebody gets a gastric bypass, their diabetes is almost eliminated, you know, where they don't even need medications. But we don't want to go there without changing the lifestyle and the behavior, the mentality of that individual, and then the, the eating habits. Do you have any sense of how well that's working in your population? Um, we have a lot of work to do. I can tell you that. You know, nationally, the national average is 39% are, um, you know, obese and 66% are overweight. We have a lot of work to do. 
And we, you know, we have uh, some challenges associated to, you know, culture and language and things like that. But we bring in those tools uh, so that we can make sure we communicate with those individuals. But we, just like everybody else out there, has work to do. Well, here's the languages I heard in your halls when I was walking the halls. Is I heard Creole, I heard French, I heard uh, Pidgin English. I heard a lot of things that usually come from Caribbean countries because you, being in Orlando, are going to attract that labor force. How do you deal with like uh, prenatal counseling, counseling when you have four or five different languages in a circle of people? Yeah. So um, <clears throat> within the pregnancy realm, we do have uh, in the medical center, we have uh, medical assistants that speak Creole. We have nurses and we also have providers. But talking specifically about pregnancy and prenatal, we offer all the prenatal um, counseling, but we also have a nurse that is responsible for every one of our pregnancies. You know, 56 percent of our pregnancies are considered high risk. So we're talking either advanced maternal age or you know, it could be HIV, it could be hypertension or diabetes. So every patient or that we diagnose as being pregnant, we're monitoring them from the very beginning to the very end to try and make sure that they meet or reach that, uh, that goal of at least 35 weeks or better. And with 56% high risk, you know, there's, there's some you know, risks that we have to try and mitigate. So there's that counseling that happens, but if we need to, we'll send them to an adv uh, high-risk OB, but having that nurse uh, with those touch points is, is absolutely valuable. Well, I'm not aware of any other company in America that has quite the offering y'all have and quite the workforce complexity y'all have. Is, that, um, is this a pretty unique offering in the country? I mean, you guys know what, what's going on out there. I mean, I think it's, you know, there are other companies that are doing similar type things, um, you know, some are here in Orlando, but again, it's more of a acute care, um, you know, occupational injury type of facility, and that that has its place. I mean, you want to have that in its place available, but if you're really looking at moving the needle and controlling healthcare cost, you know, a sixty dollar visit for a cough and a cold is not. It's going to save you, yeah, maybe sixty dollars, but if we can spend the time on that diabetic or that hypertensive that is not compliant with their medications or if culturally they're, they're preferring voodoo over traditional medicine, that's where we can save the money. I don't know if you saw the headlines of late December, but um, Sir Andrew Whitty, who's the new CEO and chairman of United Optum, uh, which is Optum is the largest primary care group in the country next to Kaiser. He said that uh, if you say spend 5% on primary care upstream, you save 95% of the dollars downstream. You guys have proven that out. Ab absolutely. absolutely, absolutely. I mean, every every dollar that we invest into primary care uh, is is uh, returning huge dividends on the on the back end, and you know that that's one thing that we we noticed early on was we need to spend more time with the patient. I mean, right now to this day, the last sliver of the healthcare dollar in the conventional healthcare setting is is spent uh, on the primary care doc. That's why a lot of these doctors are saying, I can't do this anymore. I'm going to become a direct primary care doctor. But uh, the more time that, that uh, uh, a doc spends with a patient and builds that relationship with a patient, um, not only are you going to have a much healthier employee and their families are going to be healthier, you're going to have a happier employee and uh, your, your savings are going to be huge. You know, um, 
pretty strong example of saving primary care saving the health care is that uh, Kaiser Permanent Day this year in December also quoted the same day that Dr. Sir Andrew Whitty spoke, and the CEO said that they spent an intensive focus on primary care this year, and they saved a billion dollars, so they were able to give a 5 to 10% dividend to over 5 million of their members. So again, we know primary care spent upstream saves massive money downstream. What do you guys think is the resistance for companies to take this on? Are they just in love with these brands, you know, the Bucas, or what is, what's going on there? Are they afraid to get fired because you can't get fired for, you know, hiring IBM and Cigna's IBM? I mean, what, what's going on there? Well, I, I you know, I, I think um, some are just beginning to learn that they have a fiduciary duty to be sure that they spend every healthcare dollar as wisely as possible. So I think there is a, well, I know there is, there's beginning to, uh, I, I believe we're at, like at a tipping point. Um, employers are, are, are talking with us more than they've ever talked with us before. Um, and, and we see a sincerity in, um, in our engagement with them that, you know, it's not going to be like I mentioned in the past where they're going to listen to us and then not do anything. We're starting to, um, the, the, the C-suite is really starting to get involved. So we, we do believe that uh, a groundswell is, is uh, beginning to occur. There are a few employers around the country who are, or who are dipping their toes in the water and doing what we're doing. And I think it's a, a grassroots kind of a move. As soon as, you know, one employer in, in Dallas does it and, and, and talks to, you know, her other CEO friends, uh, they begin doing it, and we will absolutely uh, be changing the face of healthcare um, in, in such a good, positive way over the next few years. Yeah, I think people are going to look back and wonder why did we ever have PBMs and why did we ever have the Bucas? I, I, it's not going to happen anytime soon, but there's going to come a time when this direct contracting just is going to make too much not only economic sense, but look what it's doing for your company savings. And now on a micro level, you take that out macro and we're talking, y'all have calculated a trillion dollars. That might be conservative, don't you think? It, it, it may be. I mean, I guess we're at 3.7, 3.8 trillion nationally now. Uh, you know, if we can cut that in half, uh, that's certainly a, a bigger number than, than a trillion. Um, but, you know, one thing that we've been telling uh, employers, uh, CEOs across the country is your, you know, your second largest line item, you know, right after wages, you're, you know, you're looking at healthcare and, you know, you are, you, you know, if you're spending 30 million, 50 million, a hundred million on healthcare, you're, you're in the healthcare business. You better, you know, you need to, to, to learn what it's all about and learn the most efficient way to deliver it. Mm-hmm. Well, very good. Well, look, there's about seven other subjects I want to talk to you about, but I promised you to 30 minutes. So I'm going to sign off, unfortunately, too early, but we'll schedule another one or several of these. Um, so I always like to ask my guests at the tail end, what if you could fly a banner over America, would that say? If, if it were if it were relating to health care, we would I would say just do it. OK, <laughs> I like that. And how about you, Kenneth? Probably say uh, the change in healthcare is here and the change is now. Probably something like that. So you've been listening to two folks who are living in the center of the epi the epicenter of the earthquake of what is about to change healthcare. 
Um, and they've been doing it for since 1993. We're talking, this is not a new fresh movement, but this is a movement that's now gathering steam for a lot of different reasons. So I'm happy to be in the movement. I'm happy to talk to these two guests who are rock stars in the movement and to get to know them better over the years ahead as we march into this together, this very bright future where everybody wins. So thank you for listening and uh, thank you, Kenneth. And thank you, Ashley. Thank you very thank much. Thank you for having us. Thank you for listening. You want to shake things up? There's two things you can do for us. One, go to primarycarecures.com for show notes and links to our guests. And number two, help us spotlight what's working in primary care by listening on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and subscribing and leave us a review. It helps our megaphone more than you know. Until next episode.